Hello and welcome into the Section 109 podcast from Studio Breezy with Mix and Toby. And Mix is running to the other side of the room now. I'm here with Matthew. Hello, Matthew. What's up? I am super excited because right now we should be live again on YouTube unless I have again screwed up the uh, live. Live, live on no, YouTube? No, no, not live, live. Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. Uh, we should also be on YouTube on the videos. So if anybody wants to uh, see our beautiful faces and uh, also listen to us, they that'd can do be, that. That'd be two live hits today if it was live. That's yeah, we, a, did a, uh, we did a live hit with... Oh, what, what Channel 12. Okay, Channel 12. Listen, I don't know who's who or what's <laughs> what. Uh, I, we went on Let's Chat, which I have seen before. It's on, um, it's on it, during the day. They, they highlight like local things. It's really a neat place. But we had to talk about CFC's home opener, which was fun. That was really awesome. But shout now, out, shout out to the club for for setting that up, yes, uh, and for letting us, uh, letting us like share the share the good news of CFC. Yes, share the gospel. But Matthew, let's now us talk about the home opener and the rest of the season with a little season preview. Sure, yeah, let's do it. Uh, Where do you want to start? Home opener is uh, if you're listening to this, you probably already know this, but the home opener is Saturday, April the first at three p.m. Uh, Gates open at two. Tailgating starts at 11-ish. Yeah, tailgating starts whenever you want to show up and start tailgating. Absolutely. Uh, it's going to be, I mean, it's a, home openers are really exciting. Uh, season openers in general are really exciting. And, um, you know, we, you, can, you, can, you can expect a lot, and we're going to talk a little bit about, about some of these teams in the league this year. We're going to talk about a little bit about, about our team. But you don't know what you don't know. And, and, and you can think you know something, but you don't truly know until you get there on that day. And we're going to find out between the, the hours of 3 p.m. and 5 p.m. on Saturday the 1st. We're going to find out a little bit about, about CFC, and we're going to find a little bit about Gold Star, too. The games matter now. And I yeah. spent this whole preseason telling myself and you, these games don't matter. The results don't matter. It's the process. Trust the process. Trust the process. Trust the process. Or the Rod says. <laughs> and... To be honest with you, it's that making that transition is scary because it's been a nice blanket of warmth to be like, oh, it doesn't matter. Now it's going to matter. Also, before we get started here, why don't we pour a little whiskey? Yeah. I mean. So our opponent, we know our next two opponents that are coming up very close. So we have Gold Star in Nisa, and then we have our next opponent four days later, which will be Des Moines Menace in the Open Cup. Who would you like to start with? Uh, let's start. Let's go in chronological order. Let's start with. Um, let's start with Gold Star. Uh, I just think that that makes the most sense. Uh, so Gold Star is an expansion team in in Nisa. They're based out of Livonia in the Detroit metro area. Nice, uh, nice of them to call themselves Detroit when they don't play in Detroit. <laughs> A lot of that going around. Um, it's it's the new home for former CFC players uh, Roddy Green, who was with us for for last season. And for Alec Reddington, who was with us for three years. Yeah. Um, I would expect, I don't know, but I would expect for Alec Reddington to be the starter uh, for, for Gold Star. Yeah. And, and, for his, and for his sake, I hope he is, because uh, I, I, I want to see our former players do well, even if they're in our league. I just hope he could, you know, I hope his defense is really bad and he is powerless to stop a few shots. Oh, I hope he does really well against everyone but us. <laughs> I was, I was going to grant him some saves and hope his nope. defense is bad. Sorry, Alec. I hope you miss all your saves tomorrow, buddy. Or not tomorrow. <laughs> day after tomorrow. Um, love you, buddy, but I hope you have a howler game of your worst game of your career. Because you're playing against CFC. Like, I think, uh, yeah, I think Alec would understand. Yeah, he absolutely would. Uh, and then Roddy Green played a season for us. Played a lot of uh, high leverage 
minutes off the bench, meaning he came in to help us see out a lot of games. Yeah, that um, ended up being his role towards the end for us, which was very similar to his role at, at Detroit City. Um, I think I think he's going to play a lot for them. I think he's going to be a big contributor for him. And, you know, I don't think it's crazy to suggest that as Roddy goes, Gold Star might be, might be going. Um, yeah, I'm not as familiar with their roster as you are. So tell me a little bit about kind of how they've gone about building a roster for this inaugural pro season of theirs. So... It's, and they've never played an amateur season as well, right? They didn't. They were not a no. They've, established they've, they've never team. existed. So, I'm I'm like I've got the roster pulled up right now, and I'm going through it. And there's one guy with a cup of coffee in League One. There's a couple of guys that have played in Nisa before, including, excuse me, including Roddy. Got a lot of guys from the Midwest Premier League, and man, like. You know, maybe they've got they they've got two players that they've not yet announced that are that are uh, that are listed as like to be announced on their website. One of those is going to be Quentin Carey. He does have some Nisa experience with LA Force and Flower City. How do you City. know who it's going to be? Uh, I do a thing on the Nisa website sometimes, and occasionally it works. Um, if they're like if they're already registered and their logo pops up, it's it's, it's a oh, thing. Oh yeah, it's an exploit. It's an exploit. Got it. Got yeah. it. Yeah, and and like they've teased that there's another attacking player to be announced, but like we don't, we have I have not seen that to to this point in time. Uh, although I will I will check their Twitter before we stop talking about them just to make sure. I heard a horrifying uh, rumor last night. Not no, stop it. I just want to spread some misinformation, Matthew. Let me spread misinformation. No, this uh, horrifying rumor was that it was going to be Omar Nuno, which appears to be false. Um, but good lord, was I scared for a minute because anywhere Omar goes, I am scared. Yeah, I we had kind of been told that he's not a uh, he's not going to be playing anywhere. He's kind of wrapping it up, calling it a calling it a career. I think he was on trial with Oakland Roots for a minute, but uh, we had we have we have enough Cal United players on this team that uh, who know who know Omar played with Omar for some years, and it sounds like he's going to hang it up and, and transition into into the next phase after soccer and. Um, as a random aside, we wish him we wish him the best and on, on that front, like like everybody. Uh, that's kind of gold star. So, I, how are you feeling about their season then? That's a that's a lot of non pro like former player. Uh, sorry, that's not a lot of pro pedigree for that team. Yeah, this is this is. I mean, like, I, I, we can do some predictions at the end of the podcast, right? But as a as a general as a general offering, I think they might finish eighth. I would I would put them that low just based on like what they have right now. And how many teams are in Nisa? Nine. Hmm. And Awkward. this is this is also partially based on like Club de Leon, who's another expansion team. Uh, I think will be will be decent. I I don't know if they'll be good, but I think they'll be decent in like in a very big mid mid table. Mid table is probably the biggest group in this league for me. And just based on them playing against us for ninety minutes, you know, I have a feeling they'll. They'll have something decent going on, okay. And and I would I would I would slide them ahead of Gold Star on that front. Anything else you want to say about Gold Star before we move to Des Moines? No. Des Moines Menace, the Chattanooga Football League. Excuse me, Chattanooga Football Club. Excuse me. Uh, I play too much CFL. The Chattanooga Football Club of the PDL. They are a mm-hmm. now called the League Two team. Uh, it is likely they will eventually be a USL Championship team. They have always drawn fans. So they don't. They don't appear to have many supporters, but they do have fans. Um, they've always had decent attendances, and they are a league winner. Um, and we faced their former coach at uh, Knoxville in the preseason. Yeah, they won. I think they won 2021. With him. League 2. 
Yeah. I mean, like, it, and they've, it's been, a, they've been a top five team in the PDL or a top 10 team in the PDL a bunch of times. I think I saw some one of the Des Moines promos for our game against them for the Open Cup, and they've beaten pro teams in the Open Cup like five or six times. Oh, I believe that. Yeah. So. It, I it, do think I think the comparison between like they we were CFC in the NPSL they were the CFC of the PDL yeah I agree and and, and like they've been they've been doing it for a long time like they they didn't I mean they've been around since like the early two thousands maybe the nineties I don't know like, I don't know but yeah, yeah a long time so anyway what are we expecting um, we're expecting to say hi to because we're going former, first, first of all we're going on the road for anyone who didn't know I know we've mentioned Des Moines but Des Moines Menace beat Beeman and Murfreesboro. And that means, and they went, they traveled to Murfreesboro to do that. And that meant we now have to go to Des Moines. So we were either going to have to go to Murfreesboro and play uh, Beeman, who we played in the preseason and have, have played before, or we're going to have to go to Des Moines and now we're going to Des Moines. So what do we expect from Des Moines? Um, the quality, like we're going on the road, like how are you feeling right now? Well, for one, you can expect former CFC player Christopher Bermudez to be on that Des Moines Menace roster. Breaking news. Hold That's on, not breaking news. He played against Beeman. Hold on. <laughs> um, I'm going to use that as the breaking news okay. button. That's a choice. Uh, that's a choice. Um, okay. So, yeah, Chris Bermudez. Uh, how did he look against Beeman? Oh, yeah, you didn't watch. I didn't watch. I uh, watched a little bit of it, but not closely. So, I think that game was it's one of those like classic. That wasn't a 3-0 game, if that makes sense. Uh, it, it was probably fairly even. I think it'll be... I haven't seen us play a regular season game yet. I have not seen us play a game that truly, truly matters. So, like, I don't really know. Like, truly, deep down, I don't really know what like what, what we, we are, are. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and what we can. I, I expect we'll have a lot of the ball. I expect Beeman will, well, not Beeman, uh, Des Moines will try to sit in a little bit, counterattack a little bit. It's what you do when you're, they're not going to go play Tiki Taka on us. Like, they've been practicing for, like, 10 days. And, but they're gonna have they're gonna have unlimited for, uh, foreign players. Uh, I mean, yeah, roughly. They're gonna end up with probably um, uh, some ex pros. I, w- I would assume so. I-, I would assume they would have picked up a couple of. Uh, you know, what they, I think they, they they would pick up a couple of ex pros that still need contracts that are like essentially u- use it as a shop window. Yeah. You know what I think actually might be a good comparison us playing Metro Louisville last year where we played a weakened roster. And so we did, we ended up actually losing that game three, two, but you had a lot, you had a lot of guys in the shop window in that game. Metro Louisville had a ton of like pros or former pros or soon to be pros again that were like in, like you said, in the shop window, trying to get like a team. Hey, notice me, give me a, give me a contract. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that that's fair. Like they, I think they had, uh, I want to say they had like Corey Herzog or something like that before he had a contract. (laughs) Uh, come join them for the. He wasn't on the roster in the, in the first round game, but I think he joined the roster in the second round game against uh, Union Omaha, which Omaha won that and then went on this crazy run. This was Des Moines last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, you, you can go back and look, look at the roster from from the Beeman game. I imagine it'll be slightly different, uh, and, and and better and better quality. Like I, I think they're going to be. A, I, I think they're going to be a challenge. No matter who they have, like they're going to be a challenge. Got it. Yeah, and, and and we got and we got uh, like fortunate uh, when we were we were hosting the the higher up team last year. Now we are that higher up team. Yep. on the road, um, and it you know it, it's it's the magic of the cup. It's look. I first of all, I expect to win, right? But this is it's going to be a difficult matchup. 
and right. we're and it's it's midweek. It's coming off the first game of the regular season. We're not who we're gonna be yet. Um, so yeah, it's it's gonna be a do or die. This first week is is kind of tough, and then we have a little bit of a break before the uh, games after that. So I actually don't have the show notes in front of me. <laughs> um, so who do we play after that? Is it after Albion? after uh, uh, Des Moines is gonna be Albion on the road. So you and I are going to that game. A, a long cross country road trip. Uh, Ten days later, essentially. But like early in the season, a lot like last year, going to Valley in a standalone game. I'm excited. Oh, I am too. We're going to San Diego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you and I are flying out to San Diego. Speaking of which, I need to call Southwest and make sure I get you added. Um, yeah, please, please do. And then, um, yeah. So Albion, give me a little preview of the fourth place, the tied for. F- third or fourth place team in Nisa last year, the team that knocked Cal United, the presumptive regular season, uh, the regular season best team and presumptive, you know, playoff favorites out um, a team that we beat twice, but uh, honestly, like was not, neither game was super easy. Like, what are they looking like this year? Honestly, it's, it's a little hard to know uh, because the Nisa schedule uh, and even the, the, the teams that we're going to play this year was held up because of Albion. And uh, I so like I think they've only announced eleven players to this point in time. Um, a that, lot, a that, lot of that's them. Fine. A lot of them are are returners from from last year. They did pick up uh, Shinya Kadono from Cal United. They picked up Daniel Bodoya from uh, FC Tucson. So like, formerly of New Amsterdam. Yes, correct. Uh, I I think they're going to be like. And I, and I don't know like how good their coach is and like stuff also, like they that. Lost, they lost their top scorer in Diacate. They lost their top scorer in Diacate to Flower City. We'll get to that one a little bit later. Nope. They they lost a couple players to League One. Yeah. And but like they're returning, they're returning Tyler Gabara. They're returning Ernest Mitchell, the the left footed defender. Uh, we don't know anything about their goalkeepers, who I thought were kind of trash. Um, Papa Roach. Yeah. <laughs> he was trash. The uh, they are they're returning Gabara. Um, I think carry on, uh, Bazayas or something like that. Uh, I I think so. My hot take with Albion uh, is they're going to be decent. Interesting. They play fourteen home games and ten road games, which is the most home games of anyone in Nisa with this stupid fuck unbalanced schedule. Tell us how you really feel. Uh, that we're only doing so that they can maybe play, so that you know we have insulated in case somebody goes under the season. Also, you know how many games they play outside of the state of California? <laughs> it's gonna be like fucking like four. It's, it's like seven. I think they play because they have their fourteen home games, and then they have three against in LA. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that sounds right. So they only have seven. I think we talked about this last time. It's ridiculous, they're, but it is what it they're is. My, they're my kind of like surprise pick because they play so many games at home and so many games in California that like they could they could end up high up the standings. I don't think they're going to be the best team in the league or anything oh, like I that. Oh, I think they're going undefeated. <laughs> but also like you have a talent pool in San Diego to pull from um, that, is, that is borderline unmatched in the league. Um I mean, LA Force Sunday leagues would like to would beg to differ, but well, fair enough. But like, you know, they'll be able to pull some players and not spend a crazy ton of money doing it, just because people can live at home. And I think I think they're going to be interesting to watch. Uh, you know, I think they're going to put the ball on the ground. They'll be fairly young. They're just going to go play. And I don't know if that wins you. I don't know if that wins you any championships, but I think it wins you a bunch of games in this league. That's fair. So after Albion. Who do you a- want to preview next? After Albion, we come back home and we play against Flower City Union. 
Flower City Union, the as you always called them, the worst team in professional <laughs> soccer in anywhere. Well, you said anywhere in the world. I think anywhere no, in the United no, no, States. No, 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 no. I did not say anywhere in the world. I said they they were in twenty twenty two. Flower City Union was the worst team in U.S. professional soccer. It was not close. The fact that they lost a game or they lost a game three to zero and still got the opposing coach fired. <laughs> that was Hernan Lozada at, at DC United. Uh, like they were bad. They were historically bad. No, by the way, we lost to them at home. Uh, and we outplayed them. Co- correct. And got really unlucky. Yeah. And I, made big, uh, big tactical changes after it. Correct. Uh, it was one of those things. It was not. It was not the loss. No, that was the still, problem. It was. You're the, still frustrated. It was. Yeah. Yeah, I was. Uh, I think Flyer City is going to be better. Honestly, they they went out and got uh, Diacate from from Albion, who is not good. I don't think he's good either, but like I think he'll I think he'll score a few goals for him. I think he's better than who they had, but that's like I mean, you could argue if Nuno's retiring, you can I think clearly argue he's probably the second best stri- striker in the league, pure striker. I think there's a drop off af- after Nagelstad. but like who else is there? You know, maybe I don't, I don't know anybody else's name, but like <laughs> Marich actually, Marich is uh... Marich is decent. I think he does. He, he's really useful for what Michigan does. Uh, we'll see what what uh, Abu Abdu Abdu Abdu. Apologies there, uh, Theom from from Maryland Bobcats, uh, a new player they just picked up from from Ford Madison. We'll see how good he is. I like to think he'll he'll join. Man, hot take would be that he's going to have more goals than uh, than Diacate. That's a strong hot take. I'm here for it. Is that your hot take? It's now my prediction. All right, I'm, I love I'm going that. for it. I'm going for it. I love that. It. I also just think that Diacate was hot, hot garbage. Um, I realized he had like 12 goals or 16 goals or whatever. It was, it was like 13 or something. Whatever incredible amount. But I never saw him do anything good. Now, that doesn't mean like it might have been the two games that I watched against them and then the, uh, that we played and like the two others that I watched. Maybe he just had like four games against really good opponents that took care of business. But boy, was he hot garbage when I watched him. But also, like that's the fun of Nisa, though. That is the fun of Nisa. That is the fun of Nisa. <laughs> Sometimes you just pop up on the end of stuff and, and then score, and you know your stat line makes you look good. So yeah. So like. so Flower City, I think they're going to be better. Um, they've got they've got a couple players from around, um, around the league. They added a player from League One. Uh, I think they announced them just today. You know they've got Luke Ferreira now from from CFC's team last oh, year. Yeah, Luke Ferrari. They added they added a couple players from uh, from Michigan Stars, in uh, Kyle Nelson and Stephen Elias, uh, who were both guys that went from Valley to the Stars and now to Flower City. Interesting. I didn't realize they added Elias. Yeah. So I I think I think they're going to be better. Uh, they've got some. They've got kind of some. A couple journeymen. Okay. No, a journeyman lower, be, you lower know level pros. I'm going to take it back. Like I'm going to as I as I put my feet up here. A couple guys from Bay Cities as well. Okay, so yeah, Flower City is going to be a lot much improved. Let's. let's like, I think they're going to be like squarely in the mid table conversation. I think that they're clearly, and maybe I'm just like not valuing some of the amateur players being promoted by some of these expansion teams. But I think they're going to be clearly better than some of these expansion teams. Cool. Yeah, that that kind of makes sense. Um, sorry if for anyone watching this and seeing and hopefully not hearing me coughing. I'm, I've been struggling with the allergies slash a little bit of a cold, and boy, boy, is it a. Uh, one plus one equals six on the allergy scale. Yeah, I'm, I'm close to I'm close to a coffee or two. So, well, you're welcome. <laughs> um, so that's Flower City. Who's next? We end the month. Wait, wait, you forgot Salt City. You son of a bitch. Who? 
They're alter egos that are going to play three games this year. That's so dumb. It's so dumb. So for anyone who didn't realize, Salt City and Flower City are going to play uh, as different brands in different markets. So they're going to play three games in Syracuse as Salt City Union. They'll play a few games on the road as Salt City Union. And then most of their games will be played as Flower City Union. It's real dumb. It's real special. I'm, I'm fascinated with how it works out. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Uh, we end the, we end, end the month of April, and I think this is a good place to like move on to something else. We end the month of April at Michigan Stars, which I think is a, a, a date that a lot of people would circle on the calendar. Yeah, world and say, our, these are these are probably the two best teams in the league. Our world champion Michigan Stars, like what are they looking like? Because you know they claimed a world title, right? Like, there's <laughs> no way they just claim themselves to be just NASA winners. So Michigan is is hard to know. Mm. Uh, Stephen Yunghai is not on the roster. He was Daddy's transferred. Boy? He was transferred to uh, to a, a club in the first division in Slovenia after his dad purchased seventy five percent of the team. <laughs> conveniently, yeah. uh, what's more interesting is that Robert is not on the roster. I don't know if they're saving that. In fact, I think they're saving him for I don't know why they're saving him, or maybe they forgot about him. But the number four is still missing in terms of the new players they've added. So maybe they forgot about him. It's more fun. <laughs> Uh, I think he's in Slovenia uh, just practicing with uh, God, daddy's God, team. I That's so. what I think. I hope so. Uh, they've only – if you leave out Robert, from what I can tell, they've only brought back four players. Uh, they announced a striker yesterday. Um, so I think that brings them up to four players returning. You've got Marich. You've got this backup striker. Um, you've got their goalkeeper, Makruva. And and you've got the right back Ikov Shmelov. It's really weird. Yeah, I wonder. I, I wonder. So there's kind of two ways this can go. Number one, maybe Daddy's paying too much attention to the Slovenian team, which would be awesome um, because, like, you know, fuck them. The other thing is they maybe just be not. They've never been real good about publicizing things. They've they've definitely got a lot of new players, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I, I, only I'm, back a I'm, I'm of watching. I'm watching it come through on Instagram. But they, did, they did sign Cal United's Garrett Hogben, which is a, which is a great signing to to add to their defense, especially because they lost, um, they lost the Greek guy, the Greek center back, uh, who was their leading scorer last season. By the way, the um, Greek center back was their leading scorer. Yeah, so he, Michigan he took he took penalties. He did some. Yeah, he he did a lot of things. Macy. Um, Sorry, listeners. Puppy, come here. They, uh, but like they, they had to lose him because Nisa changed the the rules in the offseason about about international amateurs, and their Greek guy was one of the ones that was on an international amateur being paid under the table. So they had they had to lose him, uh, and then Matt Constant, who they was a really really good center back for them. Yep. came out of the, uh, the Sporting Kansas City uh, system. He went back to SKC two. Hmm. So signing Hogman's a big deal. Uh, he's he's a good player. I rated him. Oh, I do as well. He's um, very good. They've they've they're promoting a bunch of players from the amateur ranks. A couple guys coming out of college. Uh, a player from from Tormenta in League One, Kataru Umeda, who I believe was on trial at CFC at one point in time. Um, it, it's interesting. I don't I don't know. Like, are they going to continue to play the kind of same style of, of play? I would assume so, but I, we don't know. Is water wet? <laughs> They're not going to play any different. That is the DNA. Of their, I, I can't. I can't of believe they owner. would. There's, there doesn't make any sense to play any different. But it, it works really, really well. But only bringing back five players from a team that won an Eastern Championship—that is wild. I mean, like, oh, did all these players just decide, like, hey, we won, like, let's get the fuck out of here while we can? They're, they're not exactly popping up outside of Elias and Nelson. They're not exactly popping up anywhere. And it gets constant too. But you sure they haven't popped up in Slovenia? 
<laughs> they're all Eastern European. Like it's you know it's possible they have some like European passports. Well, some of the some of those British guys had to had to leave and go back to the lower divisions over there. But that's neither here nor there either. That's fair. That's fair. So Michigan Stars, big question mark. We I think we both expect that they will be the second best team in NISA. I, I they they've had a good or preseason. The they've had probably the best preseason outside of us. And I don't mean like in terms of results. I mean just in terms of regular games, good preparation. Uh, for whoever's been in preseason the whole time, like a, a lot of time together. So, you know, do they start out slow because they, you know, it's it's 15 new players? Or does their preseason help them, like, get results off, off the jump? I think a, a big question mark, I have, I have them penciled in at number two in the league. And the big question mark for me is, do they win enough games to separate themselves out of the mid-table? And, and, like, keep pace with us? Yeah, because they, they draw a lot of games by, by virtue of how they play. Yes. Tons of zero zeros and one ones. Um, so like that—that's yeah. a big—that's a big question mark. And it, and if they can do that, and and maybe, you know, maybe they're they're they've tried to build like a, some of these players are seem a little bit better in possession, like can do some things like that. You know, maybe that's another evolution for the Michigan Stars. Yeah, to so, try to be on on the front foot in some of these games. Now it'll be it'll be interesting to watch. So really quickly, let's talk about a few more teams. Um, Maryland Bobcats, how are they lining up this year? It's really hard to know. Uh, they lost. They lost Davy Mason to Tormenta. They lost um, Elijah Amo to Tormenta. They lost a bunch of a bunch of players that just kind of moved on. They've got Darwin Espinall back. They've added Jimmy Filerman, uh, who was previously at Detroit. He was at Greenville. Good, good player. He was at Greenville last year. Got hurt. So, like, is he is he fully healthy and back? If if he is, it's a great left side, left winger and a left back. It's a great left side. So they're, they're, there's a good chance they're decent. Bless you. Um, yeah. Whew. Welcome to my uh, Holland-filled <sighs> world. Um, I was doing I was doing well the last two days. Yeah. What are your thoughts on? Please don't die. <laughs> We're good. Keep going. What are your thoughts on Club de Leon? The currently complaining about only having registered and been able to register seventeen players. <laughs> no, 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 seventeen players. Right, uh, let me let me pull this up for you know in live time here. Just before we got on this podcast, they tweeted the following tweet that Matthew's going to pull up about only being able to register a certain number of players, and that certain number of players um, being less than the full number they had signed. Also complaining about having some sick players. It's a pretty wild tweet. Uh, this is three hours ago now. I can pull up the actual timestamp because that's not going to help listeners. 11.15 a.m. Eastern Time. This is today, March the 30th, Thursday. Preparing for the trip to California. It writes like a Civil War general's letter back home. <laughs> we have 17 of 40 players approved or pending approval. 17 of 30 or 40? 40. 17 of 40 approved or pending approval. Some sick. Waiting until the last minute to confirm the roster, but all excited and ready to go. They play tomorrow, by the way. Just they, they've got to get on a plane today, like today, to fly across the country, <laughs> unless they're going to do the old school, uh, the old school Napa Valley from the from the NPSL oh members cup, who flew into Chattanooga on the day. Oh my god! And then like went to, I think they like, I don't know how they did that. If they were able to, and they stayed, stayed one, one night. night. They yeah, stayed yeah. One night. Uh, by the way, they've updated. Uh, <laughs> twelve twelve p.m. It's nice to learn to be a new professional club and to start taking our first steps. 
with many mistakes and some successes, and always with the help of Nisa. That's all it says? Yeah. That was their next tweet. Somebody struggling to register players because somebody didn't realize you had to register players until probably yesterday. Honestly, I've never, I've never like felt more spiritually connected to these words in regarding this league. With many mistakes and some successes and always with the help of Nisa. It hurts. It hurts, man. <laughs> this uh, it's it's never a, it's never a, it's never a dull moment. That here. is beautiful. So, based on that, or not based on that, maybe ignoring that, how you feeling about Club de Leon this year? Because uh, we played them last year in, the, in uh, we played them last year and they were decent. Yeah. So like, it, do I know who was on that team that day? No, I don't. I suspect it was a lot of the guys that they played in UPSL in Nisa Nation in Florida. Uh, and that they did the the qualifying rounds for the U.S. Open Cup with, I think it's all the same guys. Um, I would imagine so. And and it was a decent team. Plus now, Nick, how plus many Nick of, Nelson? Now, how many of those players are uh, don't have a green card or are, are just foreign completely? How many are, are not U.S. citizens? That's going to determine like what they can use in the league versus what they use in in Nisa Nation or their, whatever their two teams going to be. Are they still playing in Nisa Nation? I don't know. I don't think they've announced the schedule in Florida yet. But like, so like, there are a lot of question marks with this team. It sounds like there are a lot of question marks today with this team, which is probably bad if you're getting on a plane to go play LA Force in the season opener tomorrow. Um, I don't know, but we know they have Nick Nelson as one of their goalkeepers. Shout out! We Nick. know they have former Stumptown player and former Tucson player Yuki Shibata uh, on their roster. Solid, solid winger. They've winger, got right? yeah, they've got former. Uh, former LA or uh, Las Vegas Lights player Victor Rojas, who was with them last summer. They've got a couple of other guys. Like, I think they're going to be decent. I think they'll struggle operationally, and maybe that helps them struggle in the season to start. We'll see. Interesting. Speaking of LA Force, everybody's favorite. You sound like me, man. Um, everybody's favorite LA Force. Bob Freeland, the guy who holds back this league. Yeah. Is he going to hold back his team this year, or is he going to sign a bunch of former uh, Mexican second division players? Like. I think they've only announced maybe like five players or something. They've announced one player. What? They've announced one player. It was Gustavo Villalobos from Cal United, and it was a month ago. They have not announced anyone since. They have not posted on Instagram, I don't think, since. To be fair, they're not an Instagram club. They are, they're more of an Instagram club than they are a, uh, a Twitter club. I don't think they post on Twitter since like the summer. No, they're a Sunday League club. <laughs> they're a cash games club. They're a cash games hey, club. Hey, they have posted on Instagram 19 hours ago. Get ready for the LA Force home opener Friday the thirty first. I think they just realized, there's a graphic and everything. I think they just realized like fuck it, no one cares who we sign. We're yeah. only gonna have nine fans like, and they're all parents. It's gonna be guest list only. Let's just show up uh, with a team ready to win. Because look, Bob Freeland for all of his faults does want to win, right? He, he absolutely wants to. And win. And so what he's gonna do is he's gonna show up with the team he thinks can win. Um, and I am nervous. So my pick for second best team in the league with a little bit of uh, intrigue and mystery is LA Force. I don't think that's a bad shout. So let, let me let me tell you something else. Uh, I've, I used that little Nisa website exploit, and I found that former Kag United Strikers player, Alex Vadamakian, who I believe scored the game winner against us at Finley Stadium, is going to be is going to be on came our- to the bar looking for Peter Fuller or Rod Underwood or whoever yeah, was coaching yeah. at the time. I just remember him coming up and being like, is Coach here? Is Coach here? <laughs> hey, have you guys seen Coach? And we were like, uh, yeah, he's inside or whatever it was. And we were like, 
Isn't that the guy who scored the game winner? This often Why is happens. he looking for our coach openly? If if listeners don't know this, like there there is a ritual sometimes uh, for opposing players to stop by the bar because everyone knows that's where you go. Like they figured this out in the Legends Cup. Everyone knows you come by the bar when you're trying to find the CFC coaches if you had, if you didn't talk to them after the game because oftentimes they want to come here. Yeah. Anyway, I, he's gonna be sense. he's gonna be LA Force. So I uh, I think they're gonna be decent. Not a ton to preview with them because we don't have a lot of information. But based on the pedigree and the fact they were bad last year, and Bob Friedland will spend some money to sign some players under the table. Under, absolutely. I in cash. I think that they will be decent, and I think they'll have a bounce back here. Are they gonna be on our level? They shouldn't be. Yeah. But I think there's a good chance that they are second or third. I'm gonna say second in the league. Uh, I I just want to mention like I think they're gonna have. Some decent continuity from last year's team. At least there, at least there are a lot of logos that still remain on last year's players, and there's some that are, that like are, have been changed or mm. no longer have a logo. So something has. I think I think they'll be fairly consistent. They'll probably add some pieces. They'll they'll get somebody from that's still playing cash games that wants to go play pro a little bit or something like that. We'll see. Let's talk another newcomer to the league. The Savannah Clovers, our other outside of Orlando, Club de Leon. If you didn't catch the Club de Leons in Orlando, they are. Well, Daytona. <laughs> Same shit. Still Florida. Um, the Oh, yeah. I forgot. They announced they're going to play uh, Daytona. Uh, Savannah, our other driving distance team. Another team that I'm excited to play, who we have, have played in the past. We played in an independent cup as well. Yep. Um, and I'm really excited for that road trip twice this year. Uh, yeah, I wish they weren't so close together, but... What can you do? It is what it is. How you feeling about Savannah, who we heard a little birdie told us they had their roster done about six months ago? Yeah, so I, I wouldn't say we, we were we were told they had a lot of their roster taken care of a very, very long time ago. By the way, for listeners, that's not a good sign. Yeah, I think it's a lot of a lot of amateur players from the region. Uh like a lot of UPSL kind of players in that region. Uh they've got a couple of guys with pro experience. And maybe I'm just an idiot, but like I currently think they're going to be the worst team in the league. I now there's kind of a trend here. You see, I, I mentioned Michigan Stars promoting amateur players up, Gold Star promoting amateur players up, Flower City, uh, Maryland does this really, really well in, in their region. They constantly find players that just for whatever reason didn't have a home and like make it at this level. They can make it at the next level. It's an incubator league, right? Club de Leon's going to do this thing. Savannah's doing it. Uh, I don't. I don't hate it. Does it win you games? If everyone does it, yeah, it's gonna win you games eventually. Like if you find the right, if you find the right groups. Yeah. But like you, you could generally save some money because they're local players. So like the salaries are a little bit less. You're you're trying to catch players on the up, trying to catch players that have been left behind, forgotten, slip through the cracks, whatever. It's it. We're seeing this model more and more and more, mm. and I think it's good for the league. As a whole, I think it's how teams can survive in this league long term, in this shit show of a league. And I'm interested to see it play out. Do I do I think Savannah's going to be very good this year, though? No. No, I don't. All right. Who have we not talked about yet? Well, I think it's everybody. All right, Matthew, let's shift to us. We have two signings we have yet to talk about on this podcast. The only club that matters. We are the only club that matters. Now we know who some of our opponents are going to be this year, yeah. including our Open Cup opponent. We've signed two players that we haven't gone in-depth on, so let's do a little in-depth thing now. Okay. 
Juan Luis. You just wanted to, to Juan Luis. Yeah, okay. Uh, I don't know how you say Juan Luis name. It looks like it looks like Juan Luis to me, but everybody's saying it Juan Luis. It's Juan Luis. So I'm just saying I don't know how to say it. I'm being clear about that. I'm not making fun. I just don't know how to say it, right? Uh, we have Juan Luis or Juan Luis, and we have Luis Garcia Sosa, LGS, my guy. <laughs> You're happy about that one? Yeah. So I'm gonna start with Luis Garcia Sosa. Uh, when did we podcast last? I we podcasted with Marcus. We podcasted. So we did the the big roster prod. I think on a Thursday or Friday, and to re- to release on like on a, on a Monday. And on that Saturday morning, the club scooped us and dropped Juan Louis after we recorded, but before we published. And we didn't know about Lu- uh, Juan Louis. Yeah, correct. I was gonna say Luis. Yeah, yeah, Juan Louis, which we didn't know about. So, but I want to talk about Luis Garcia Sosa first. No offense, Juan, but I know something about Luis Garcia Sosa because he's played against us. Uh, the last two years, and he played for Rod Underwood two years ago. So two years ago, when he played for Rod Underwood, I believe that Luis Garcia Sosa was a top five NISA player. Um, that's for me. That's my opinion. Um, I think he was spectacular. I think that entire offense um, ran best when it ran through him, and I think he was an absolute game changer and dynamic player, both scoring goals and assisting goals. Um, he, he's a metronome type of player where he keeps the ball moving uh, and attacking. He can play out wide or play in the center, though I think you want him playing in the center more often. Yeah. And he played as a uh, he played uh, as a just dynamic attacking player for them. Again, scoring goals, I think better than most midfielders, as well as providing excellent, excellent service all over the field. Um, and creativity, and I think adding him as one of the last two players, and so far maybe as the last player on our roster, is a pretty spectacular get. You and I talked about we believed in this roster-building portion that we would be waiting for drop-downs from USL Championship, MLS, you know, whatever. And we kind of hoped that we would get some big name that maybe had like five years of USL Championship experience that didn't find a club. That doesn't seem to have worked out. Season hasn't started yet, but it does start in two days. Luis Garcia Sosa, however, I would guess is some form of a drop down. My guess is he wasn't he was in camp with the USL championship team because of his caliber, because he was at Cal United last year and Stumptown before that and was extremely good at Stumptown and injured last year, but still is extremely good. So my ex- expectation is he was probably in camp in a USL championship team. He probably was got cut before the season started or right after the season started, and then he fell in our laps. And because we knew him. We were able to get him worked in as our, that last spot, and so I am counting that as a drop down because I believe, I believe we had signed who we believed to be our starter in Beto. I think that that was our belief. I'm guessing that based on just kind of like when he kind of immediately shifted into the starting lineup in the sure. preseason. And I, it is not, it is my belief that no offense to Beto, but that Luis will be the starter, um, whether it's on game one or not. We should do a predicted starting lineup will be like something to see, but I think by the by the middle of the season, Luis will be a nailed-down starter if he's healthy. And I, I happen to believe he will start game one, but I could see a world in which he didn't start a game or two if he's not fully integrated with the team. But he's a game-changing talent, and I think we Chattanooga Football Club fans will grow to love Luis, especially if he lets his hair grow out a little bit so it bounces around. <laughs> he's got a little bit of that Juan Hernandez uh, bounce. It's different hair, but like that, that running, bouncing yeah. hair thing. And man, he is an electric, electric, creative player, and I cannot wait to watch him wear the blues. All right, your turn. So I'll cover one Louis then, uh, who came out of came out of the blue, had, had no indication that this was coming. Play, uh, played for our old friend Peter Fuller. Yeah, he played he played for Fools uh, at at Syracuse last year. 
Uh, he comes out of Drake University, where he was not teammates with Jonathan Burke. Uh, Jonathan Burke finished his career at, at Drake, but his last year was Juan Luis' first year of of um, of the pro ranks. But I think Drake, uh, um, Jonathan Burke, excuse me, is like four years older than Juan Luis. Yeah, that's also yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's that's a good joke, whether it's true or not. Um, Juan Luis is uh, kind of a, a winger, I think, by 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 trade. I think there's some, I think legitimate conversations, and I remember having this conversation with, with Fools last year. Is he is he a left back like, as like an upside type deal? Like is he a left back at the next level? Oftentimes wingers can be converted into outside backs as they move up. Right. Uh, I don't think I don't I don't anticipate him playing left back for us. Although I suspect like, in a pinch, like he could do it because we just use our outside backs differently than than a lot of teams do. Yeah, he'd be more of an up and down left back, like, right? He'd, he'd get to the end line, that, James Kasak type. Yeah, of left back. yeah. Uh, I suspect he'll be more of a, a right sided uh, winger type type player. I think he can deputize uh, up top, but not in the same kind of way as Marcus. Yeah, and this even is where and we, even not in the same kind of way as someone like Taylor Gray. If Taylor Gray is filling it up top, I'm just not convinced. I've only seen one Louis play some, but like I'm not convinced the nine is. But I get it. I, you've said that before. I'm just I don't see it. Yeah. So I, I mean, Syracuse used him a, a good amount as a nine, but usually with somebody else. Um, but he had six goals and, and two assists last year in Nisa. Um, you, know, you know who else had six and two? Taylor Gray. Yeah. So he had he had some good production. Uh, solid to be adding to be adding like Juan Luis and Luis Garcia Sosa. At the, the last end, two players. That's good. That's real good. Uh, I expect Juan Luis was also some sort of drop down. I expect he was in camp as well with somebody else. Um, I just don't know. I haven't watched as much Juan Luis as I have Luis Garcia Sosa, sure. and I think Luis will end up a starter. And I think Juan Luis could end up a starter. We also had the benefit of, of having you know kind of two years of, of Luis Garcia Sosa in the league already. But especially because we get to watch the Legends Cup, yeah, uh, see him in person, and, and see him in person, you know that that helped that helped a lot. I mean, we got like three extra games out of them. Um, so yeah, I, I like where I like where this roster is. I think predicting a starting eleven for Saturday is. You want to do it? Sure. All right. Uh, let's see where we agree and disagree. Let's go to the back line first. So we both think that Jean Antoine is going to yep. start. Yep. Um, that Joseph Perez will start. Yep. That it will be Bowers and Tolly. Yep. yep. Shout out if you have not um, listened to our CFC men's roster pod, go back and listen to it. But these are the players that we believe are going to start um, across the back line. And then at right back, there is a bit of a question. So thus far in the preseason, uh, John Partita has been injured and has not featured as a starter. He has featured as a backup. Yeah, he got 30 uh, minutes against Huntsville. Uh, Colin Stripling, you and I both believe, could see some minutes at right back, but we have also not seen him because of injury since the Atlanta game. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, he was held out. He was held out of uh, of, of, of Knoxville and, so and Huntsville. So I'm going to go this way. Well, and also he got a red card in, against Michigan Stars. Which he's, so. not, he's not eligible to play this week. Yeah, because he had a red card in the playoffs. So I'm going to say I believe he's going to be Jung Wusso. Here's why. I know he's fit, and he started every game in the preseason. <laughs> so that's that's my prediction for the back five. What about you? Any differences there? Uh, well, let me just say this. If it's not going to be Jung Wusso, then we're talking about flexing a player to that position. Uh, I ordinarily I would think it'd be Colin Stripling or or Partita's fit or Partita's fit, um, but I I just don't think that's 
Considering he got 30 minutes two weeks ago, it'd be unlikely for him to get 90 minutes. Yeah. Uh, and Rod will not start you if you're not 90 minutes. That's he made that that's really clear true. on our podcast. He made that really clear. So like either you're flexing a player from maybe midfield, uh, which wouldn't be shocking. We're kind of already flexing Jung Woo So, uh, who's really more of a central midfielder, yeah, more of a defensive midfielder. But we've only seen him at right back in, the, in preseason. Signed him as a right back. Yeah. Out of open tryouts, by the way. Shout out. Yeah. Shout out open tryouts. Um, so like, you know, is it, is it going to be an, an Ethan Corrin? I don't know. Could it be like, you know, could it be an Alex McGrath moving him over? I don't know. I kind of doubt it. I kind of think that the idea that you would move Alex McGrath out of midfield into right back is bananas. You're either, or, or you're moving another, another midfielder out. If that makes sense. I understand what you're saying. The I, words that are coming out of your mouth are clear. I think you're I'm, a crazy person. I think I'm going to agree with you in the end, though, and it's probably going to be Jung Woo So, just because like that's the simplest thing to do. And sometimes the simplest thing is is probably just the right thing. Right. And also, like, I think we can talk about this for like 30 minutes if we wanted to, but I don't think it's going to matter if that makes sense. Hopefully, it won't. Like, it it, it really shouldn't. So be- because you've got, let's just go start going up the order here. You've got Richard Dixon. If he's fit, he's starting. Alex McGrath, if he's fit, he's starting. I think the third midfielder is Luis Garcia Sosa. I think it is, too. I, 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 just, I just do. And you know why? Because the thing that, I, and I did mention this, but I want to highlight it again. He played for Rod Underwood two seasons ago. So he's not coming in having to yeah. learn the system. He may have to learn some tactical tweaks that Rod wants him to do or some different whatevers, but like he understands Rod's system. Rod... For better or for lack of a better term, built the system around him offensively, and I, and I don't want to like put too much on Luis's shoulders. I just mean he was really, really, really good and really key to what Sumtown did yeah. because he was so good. And so I, I'm not saying that game one he's going, where our entire offense is going to run through Luis necessarily. Yeah. But what I am saying is that he has a very high ceiling, and I suspect that he will very quickly become a key cog um, alongside Alex McGrath in that midfield. And yeah. I think the other players will be the backups and rotational players. And I understand why you think then you might flex out a Beto or a uh, Ethan Corrin as an example. I just think it's going to be Jung Woo So for week one because we've seen him at every single game in the preseason. <laughs> and like I think he's earned it. And I think he was decent throughout the preseason. And I, there's a reason he's on the team and he was signed to play that position and he's got the most minutes there. Yeah. Um, so you're saying Garcia Souza, which I agree. Alex McGrath, I agree. Obviously Richard Dixon, captain, leader, legend. I, I, I think there's only one position that like has any amount of question marks, and that's like we think Taylor's going to start on the left at wing. We think Marcus is going to be the striker up top. I think the only question mark would be right wing, because if if you take our starting lineup as as we've given it so far, you have three options at right wing: it's Damian Rodriguez, it's Matiba Wape, and it's Juan Louis. And. Uh, Put it this way, uh, uh, Damien has, was held out of a couple matches in a row uh, with concussion protocol. I believe he is he's fully back now. Um, so, like, is it... Does Damien slot back in? Uh, Mumu moved over when Beto was signed uh, to be the starting... And Damien was injured. Yeah, and, and to be the starting right winger. So does he keep the role, or do we see what happened in the second half against against Huntsville... Where one one Luis stepped into that role, I tend to think it's going to be either either Damian or Mumu. So here's the what the wild card is. I'll, I'll give three. I'll give your kind of like three um, 
thoughts on the wingers. I think Damien is your media. He just, we just announced another long-term deal for Damien, by the way. He's mm, signed an uh-huh, extension. Uh-huh. Fantastic news. The kid murdered Atlanta United by himself. Um, so now it's time for teams to come and get him, come and pay for him if you want him. Um, and that's great. I think he is your medium-term, higher-ceiling player. I think we are the, he's the player we are hoping becomes the nailed-down starter because he like takes that big step forward. And I think we saw against Atlanta United, he has the potential to take that step forward against anybody. That being said, I haven't seen him the rest of the preseason, essentially, because he got a concussion and a, and a few other things. So I think it's going to be Mumu week one. That's my belief. I think that's your week one starter. I think Damian is your mid, kind of like medium term, like should work his way into being the boss, the starter there. The wild card is one Louis. The wild card is also we have, a, we have an open cup match four days later. Here's another wild. So you might you might just see some continuity with the starting lineup, and then some heavy like Rod doesn't do a ton of subbing, right? But I wouldn't be surprised if if we're able to get a two, three goal, four goal lead. I would not be shocked to see some heavy rotation in the second half. Sure, I also would not be shocked. This is a wild wild card. I would not be shocked if if Luis Garcia Sosa does not start, which I think we both think he will. There's a there's a chance that it's Mumu. Because we have seen Mumu in that position. And if okay. we saw that, that would mean because Damien came in, is my belief. Um, that would be kind of that situation. I think Juan Louis is going to make a play for it. And it's going to be very interesting to see where he carves minutes out for himself because he's a good player. I just think he just got here. If, and you got to learn this system a little bit. Yeah. Damien's played in it for an entire year. Mumu has played in it for the entire offseason. And I think right. was signed to be a starter. I'm not saying for like he has to be a starter, but I think he was signed with the he was signed early. He was not signed out of camp. He didn't come in like try out. Like he's yeah. he was signed to be a guy. So yeah, I just think it's gonna be all of that is to say, I think it's gonna be Mumu. Um and then I think hopefully Damien can get back up to form and it becomes a really hard decision for Rod. I hope there are a lot of hard decisions for Rod. Uh that means that we've got a lot of guys. Oh, hopefully we've got a lot of guys playing well. I guess poor, I, I, I guess you can play poorly. poorly. Yeah. Oh fuck! Uh, no, <laughs> they're all gonna be playing great. Um, so yeah, I think that's our. We so we have essentially the same one. You just think you think it's gonna be Mumu, yeah? Yeah, gut feeling. Yeah, yeah. That's wonderful that on this podcast we have the exact same idea for starting lineup. It's beautiful. Do we? Oh yeah, I guess we do. Mm. I mean, you're a little more uncertain than me, but on the Mumu, I just think it's I, be I yeah. I, I guess I'll, I'm also a little bit less certain that it's gonna be Jung Wusel. Yeah, I'm. I, I am pretty convinced on both of those. I'll be pretty surprised if, if both of those are wrong. But we still end up at the same place. Yeah, yeah, we did. We got a little uh, specific prediction time. You said you were going to predict the Nisa teams to me off the podcast one through nine. Yeah, so I think it's going to be us number one. I think we're the clear favorites in the league. I think, I think the guys, by the way, feel that pressure um, uh, of expectation of we are the best team on paper, and. <laughs> I think, by the way, if you're listening and you're like, you know, you already know that, number one, or you didn't know that until now, I think it's important on all of us to remember that these guys are, uh, number one, they're doing a job. This is their job. This is their career. This is their profession. Uh, number two, they are playing a game. And at CFC, results matter. Uh, but they aren't the only thing that matters. But they're not the only thing that matters. The community, everything we do together is what like truly matters. You know what I mean? Yep, yep. yep. I also and, think... And, 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 and so like, I think it's important for all of us to be patient if they, if they struggle a little bit out of the gate. I think it's 
important to not get too high if they come out flying uh, because it's a long season. And and because remember last season, we had we had a trajectory that went up and then a tiny bit down, then up, then a tiny bit down, then up. And like it kept going more up than it did down throughout yeah. the season, and we got better and better. But it was not without um, bumps in the road. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And look, would I love a season where we went undefeated and won the championship? For sure. I mean, that'd be great. What Sign I'd like more up. than anything would be winning the league. So you said something to me off the pod, and I want to know, like, what would make you happy regular season finish-wise? I know we talked about this. First thing. and only first. Okay, first in the regular season. How about the playoffs? I mean, like, I want to win a championship. So I want to win two two games in the playoffs. I think the regular season is incredibly important. I think we need to dominate at home. I think we need to finish first in the league to guarantee ourselves two home games in the playoffs. Playoff, Chattanooga versus all y'all. Yeah, playoffs I'm are, playoffs are for listeners who are definitely not watching. Like a lot of us have experienced playoffs enough times now to know that sometimes the better team doesn't win, and that and that sucks, and that that is a part of it. Uh, if if we are first in the league and we lose in the, in the, in the NISA final, I'm not going to say the season's a failure because it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, but like, it, it's it's a it's a part of it's a part of the journey, and and we need to remember that these these players are not only humans, but they're ours, and we we support them when they play well. We support them when they don't play well, uh, and and like they're forever us, and we need to remember to treat our family well. Agreed, agreed. I yeah, just patience, patience this year. Um, I am going to say the same thing. Um, my minimum expectation for the regular season is a regular season title. Um, we should be the best team in the league over however many games are playing, 16, 18, 22, whatever it is. Um, 24, yeah, I don't know. It's whatever number of stupid games it is in this in this dumb league. And then in the playoffs, we got to get to the final. And look, I want to win. I want to be clear. Like the the it's It's like almost championship or bust, yeah. right? Like... We need to win a championship. This is our best chance. We've never come into a national league. You said this the other day. We've never come into a national league and been the favored team to win a championship. Yeah. And we are now. Does that mean we're 100% going to? Of course not. But it means we're favored to do so, and we have to make the championship game. And like, look, if we get playoffed again in the championship, we get playoffed again. And that would be such a bummer. But sometimes a ball doesn't roll your way in one game. But we can control what we do throughout the regular season. We need to win the regular season. And we need to hopefully win two games in the playoffs and bring that championship back home to Chattanooga. Absolutely. Uh, Do you have an over-under on number of losses for this year? If I'm an odds maker, I struggle between setting the over-under at one and a half or at two and a half. So we lost three games last year. Uh, we lost two at home. In Nisa. We lost one on the road. In Nisa. In Nisa. Yeah, this is this is purely Nisa. We lost League. Syracuse on the road, uh, Flower City at home, and Cal um, United, United at home. Yeah. So like, Cal United's not in the league anymore. We're gonna go into every single. Well, they they kind of are. We're gonna go into every single game. They're part of us. Favored. Like all, all season long, we are we are the the bookies' favorite to win every yeah. single game. Yeah. Now 100%. we know how uh, you can be favored in at a 95% confidence level and and for every single game straight across the board uh, as an example for we're using math here 
and your chances of winning 12 games in a row at 95% confidence is like 10, 5, something like that percent. Like that's how that's how probability works. So at some point in time, there's probably going to be a bump. Flower City is a great example of that. Syracuse was a great example of that. Not yeah. taking anything away from 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 Flower City and and, and Syracuse getting those wins because they still have to like they still have to perform and get it done. Uh, but like, I just think that they're the odds of bumps are lower. It doesn't mean that they're not going to happen. I I expect them to happen at some point. Is there going to be two bumps? Is there going to be three? I don't know. Yeah, so I I, I I would take the over at one and a half and the under at two and a half. Man, uh, look. First of all, I hope you're right. I think we are going to lose three or four games. Um, that's just my gut. Hopefully three. Hopefully last, obviously, but three. Um, I think we are going to draw. I think I think we'll draw a handful. Five games. And I think we will win. It's like basically three, sixteen. Five, and they will win sixteen. By the way, I would be thrilled with that. Um, I think that's enough to win the league. Yeah, I, I think it's enough to win the league as well. Um, I would like more. I think the other day I, with less optimism, predict. Before, I think it was my before Luis Garcia Sosa signing. Um, I predicted like seven draws and and fourteen wins. I predicted zero zero in twenty four. You did, you did, uh, because you don't do predictions yeah, on yeah. specific things. But I think uh, I think we're still going to lose a handful because like variance happens because you got to put things together because it's a lot of players who haven't played together. But also by the end of the season, I expect to be the best team um, in the league. And I think absolutely my dogs can hear something. Uh, so let me do my my Nisa teams in order. So I've said Savannah at nine. Yes. I've, I've said Gold Star at eight. I've said us at one, Michigan two, and LA Force at three. That leaves four through seven for Maryland Bobcats, Club de Leon, uh, Flower City Union, and Albion. If I had to bet, I would put Albion at the top of that list uh, because of the extra, like they play 17, 18, 18 games in California, something like that. Um, I guess it's like 17 games in California. Uh or, or, or something, yeah, something, something crazy like that. So I, I'd put them above just because they don't have to travel as much, and it should, it should help them in the win loss column a little bit by the end of the season. Uh, five, six, seven is interesting. I'll put Club de Leon at seven, uh, and I'll keep all the expansion teams at the bottom. Although I, I really think Club de Leon is going to be in a tier with the rest of the mid table, uh, as opposed to the Gold Stars and Savannas of the world. And I think my hottest hot take, hot take about Flower City, I think they're they're gonna just miss out on, on fifth place to Maryland Bobcats by like a point. I, I truly believe that Albion <clears throat> and maybe all the way up to stars, depending on how some early results go. Because there's only twenty four games. It's not like there's there's like thirty two in, in some of these other lower division leagues. You know, if you get a couple of, of results that don't go your way quickly, there's not a lot of time to make up the point the point totals. So I, I could see a world where Club de Leon at, at, in my seventh place predicted, and even Michigan Stars, if they can't get out and really like win a bunch of games, I could see a world in which they're only separated by maybe 15 points at the end of the season. Two through seven. Mm. <coughs> That's which would be insane by the end of the season for... Playoff, um, playoff scenarios. 
I love that you are willing to predict the one through nine of our league, but not willing to take a stab at our record. Damn right. Superstitions. Superstitions. <laughs> well, Matthew, what is left on this season preview that is filled with allergies and puppies? Oh, yeah. Um, if you haven't got your tickets yet, you should get your tickets yet. Yeah, I agree. It's, <laughs> so here's the thing. If you don't, like, number one, you should get a season pass. It's the best deal in sports. It's the best deal in, in sports. In, um, yeah, period. The other thing is if you purchase on game day, you're going to pay $5 more per ticket. True. So don't purchase on game day. Purchase ahead of time. Obviously, there are some times where you might make a last-second decision to go to a game. But, like, grab that season pass. You get, just, th- just you get $3. The- By the way, you get $3 off all alcohol. That's true. You want to know a little um, a little bit of math here? I don't have my phone because it's, it's currently... High, with- high noons are $6 with a, with a season pass. Yeah. That is dangerous. How many beers did we decide you have to drink to pay for your season pass? I, I forget. It's not that many. I think it's like 50. Yeah. Or 60. No, it's not that bad. 40? Yeah, something like... It's like, it's like two a game, basically. Here's the thing. It's not that many. <clears throat> And I believe in you guys. I believe you can drink the number of drinks to get the money back on your season pass. Yeah. Well, but also, like, get a flex pack. Like, it, it's it's yep. really easy. You've already paid for it, so you don't pay the $5 extra. And it allows you real, real quick to send it to a friend. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope to see everybody on Saturday at the game. We will be tailgating. Uh, we will be partying after the game. And it's going to be a blast. Season starts now.